Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. to the nine foot homemade oak bar pour yourself a cold one my name's chris he's craig i screw up a lot when we're trying to put a show together like we tried one take before this show and i completely just biffed it and uh, i'm just like having one of those like months but uh, my friend craig is very patient with me and i appreciate that oh it's not a problem man and, and i'm gonna have to use some of the audio from that other stuff because <laughs> yeah. We had some pretty good uh, back and forth, and I don't know if we can recreate that. I think again. I, can, I mean, you, you want to you want to pull it? Do you want me to try to do it again? You want to pull it? Let's recreate it, man. Let's, let's recreate it. I'll, yeah. I'll save you some time. Okay, I'm in love with Trevor May. Like, I, the, this is a relief pitcher who just left the Oakland A's, and on the way out the door, after he spends time, I, he only spent like last year with the A's, so he spent time with the Twins, the Mets. And then last year with the A's, he announces his retirement and he goes right after John Fisher, the owner of the A's on the way out the door. He goes on Twitch and he, he just starts ripping the dude. Like here, here's some of what he said. Sell the team, dude. Let someone who actually takes pride in the things that they own, own something. There's actually people who give a bleep about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money and go somewhere else, dork. <laughs> The dork part is never, it's never not funny. Like he swears like oh. this entire thing. And then he's just like dork. Right. He goes, <laughs> he goes, if you're going to be a greedy bleep own it, there's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. Like he's going off, but he throws the dork thing in there as well. Like, I love that guy that every, every fan out there. If you didn't know who Trevor may was now, you're like, man, I wish I had Trevor may or somebody like him on my team who retired one day and ripped the owner because I don't like my owner, right? Like, I would love to have a Trevor May just go off and defend the fan base like he did. I mean, here's a guy. I mean, look, look, this is like a journeyman relief pitcher, 34 years old. And on the way out the door, he's like Homer Simpson in that, in that Simpsons cartoon where he drives over the wooden bridge and throws the match up in the air and burns <laughs> it, and it's spectacular. It's spectacular. Yeah, and I, I was telling you before, I, I went uh, to the Steeler game with my uncle a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about his trip to Vegas, because now that he's retired, he took a trip to Vegas, and if anybody's watched any of the, the, the Vegas Raider games, it's like 60%, 70% people traveling there from other teams because it becomes almost like an event, which to me can work in, in football, but as far as baseball goes, I could see me and my buddies doing like a guy's trip out there for like the Pirates first series. 
but it's not like we would do that like every single year for three games. Uh, number one, our wives would probably divorce us because God knows like the debauchery that we would get into out there with the amount of like drinking. I don't gamble, but I mean, I'm pretty sure a couple of my friends would like lose their houses or something, but I just don't see how that works. And I love the people attacking the owner because I don't know the, the Oakland A's kind of like just have a soft spot in my heart from when I was younger because everybody remembers the uh, the series versus I, what was it the Giants with the the, with the earthquake, earthquake and stuff like that and yeah. eighty nine and everything like that. So for I, I me, exact- so like, and they had the Bash Brothers. It was really cool, yeah. even though we found out they were all going to be doing steroids later. But like the A's just <laughs> are, are a pretty later I, later. Hold on a second, later. <laughs> Uh, pull up a picture of Jose Canseco during that time in the yeah, early he was 90s. Doing it you tell me he got out of later. Hey, give me, give me a break. Maybe I mean, Mark McGuire later. Right. Exactly. No, there, there's, a, there's a, there's, there's. I've always had a little bit of an attachment to the A's. I think the A's have just been a team that every, every generation it seemed like they came along and they had a nice little run in the seventies. They had a nice little run. Right. You got Catfish Hunter with the big mustache. My, my dad kind of dug the A's, and then you had what they were doing in the in the nineties where they were just you know absolutely on fire and they were good. And, and, you know, even when they were bad here, you still got the Moneyball movie, which is one of the better baseball movies, just because it kind of gives you a little bit of behind the scenes. I mean, I know it's, it's based off a book that was more about stats and they kind of romanticize baseball a little bit, but how do you not get romantic about baseball? But the A's are one of those franchises that I think everybody in the country that's a baseball fan kind of connects to. The thing they don't have is what the Raiders had moving to Vegas. Because you bring that up. I lived on the West Coast for a couple years doing radio. When you're in Reno, Nevada, they're all Raiders fans. When you're up in in Sacramento, they're all Raiders fans. Because they they were the Oakland Raiders for a long time, right? And then when you go down to L.A., you go to Bakersfield, you go all those areas down, up and down the coast there, they're all Raiders fans too because they were down in L.A. They became the state team and really the regional team with the bad boy attitude and the silver and black and the fact that they're basically a nomadic team. And it's not a, it's not a hard drive to get to Vegas from a lot of those spots that I just mentioned. So to me, that's why they work. They were close enough to their fan base and their fan base was already used to traveling. The people who are Oakland uh, Raider fans traveled South and the people that were LA Raider fans traveled North when they were switching back and forth between teams they, you know, when you go out to Cali, it's a very different way of rooting for sports. It really is. When I was in SoCal, you would think, okay, fine, they're all just going to be Angels fans or Dodgers fans in L.A. They're not fans of anything down there. It's all these other people that aren't actually in L.A. that are coming in and seeing those games. And that's what the Dodgers do really well because they, they just culturally work very well in that area. And, and, and the Raiders had a very cultural thing. It's a very cultural blue-collar fan base. The, the uppity people rooted for uh, the 49ers when you were out there, and then the blue-collar team, that, that was the Raiders when you were out there. And I was out there in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, like, th- that kind of fan base moves. The A's fan base isn't moving. The yeah. A's fan base is the wicked stepchild of, the, of, those, of that city out there. San Francisco's the big name. If you're an Oakland fan, you're like a Mets fan in New York. You're a White Sox fan in Chicago. You're you're an Angels fan in Los Angeles. You're not the big one. You're the you're the little brother. 
And the little brother doesn't have enough fans and isn't going to travel the same way. So I don't think it's going to work for him going to Vegas. And I think that's why Vegas keeps rejecting the deal because they sit there and they go, we're going to give you all this money in the hopes that you start selling out games here. You don't have the fan base for it. And nobody in the summer wants to sit out in Vegas. I don't care if you make it a dome stadium or not. It's summertime, baby. Would you rather be at the ball game or be at the Bellagio pool looking at the girls in the bikinis? I'm not going to the ball game. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with you, Chris. It's just a, a weird thing, and it's it's good to see. I mean, even if it is just Trevor May, I mean, I should say just Trevor May because it's it's not like one of their stars or something. But to I mean, I, there's a lot of people sticking up for the athletics right now, and they definitely do deserve it. And you saw that. You know, the fans showed up. I mean, they weren't showing up because, you know, people weren't putting money towards it. They're selling off the team. You know, they're making trades for the future. And it's like, okay, you know, what's going to happen here? But when they said, okay, let's let's sell out this team. And they gave the sell the team t-shirts. And they sold out those games. There was people that couldn't even make it into the games. It was like so long to get out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's just and their definitely... Owner, and their owner's a piece of crap. He I is. Mean, he really did get his money because mom and dad owned the Gap, if I'm not mistaken. And then he, he was a part owner who looked at the fact that the landscape was changing for places like the Gap and knew he wasn't going to be rich anymore and said, I'm going to buy as many shares as I can to become the full owner because Amazon and all these online things, and you're seeing the malls all die around America, like, I better move my money someplace else. I don't even think the guy's a baseball fan. I just think he saw a very easy investment where he was already partially invested. He's like, I just need to buy more stocks, and I'm going to get into the baseball business. Like, we talk about ownership in Pittsburgh, and there's a lot of bad owners in baseball. There really are. I, you know, I don't get Bob Nutting, and I, I, I'm wondering what your take is on Bob Nutting. I don't get him. Because there is part of me that thinks he's he's got billions of dollars he should be spending more money. I really do think that he's cheap. I really think with the revenue sharing, he should be able to increase payroll. I really expect him to do that, and I'm not going to let him off the hook on that. The guy's a billionaire. If you're not going to buy the team and spend a little bit of money on it to win, I got an issue with you. I, I you know If you can't figure out how to make it work, if you're not enough of a business person to find ways to add income to your team, I'm not saying take your billions and waste it, right? Like, I'm, ex- I'm not expecting a billionaire to become a millionaire so I can enjoy a, a game. Like, I'm not expecting it. But I am looking at a billionaire and saying, you've got a lot of money you can invest. You should be buying a property around the stadium. You should be converting that into more money-making for your team. You should be finding ways to increase revenue as much as humanly possible to build up your team and take the revenue sharing and be able to feel the competitive team for the fan base. And you won't have to lose your own money you might have to invest it a little bit but you might actually get richer out of the whole thing he just seems to be the the kind of guy that I don't even know if he's self-aware about the fact that people think he's a cheap owner I don't even think he really understands like I like when I listen to him talk I'm like this guy actually he doesn't get what's going on he just has a he has a team it could be a it could be a lacrosse team for all he cares. He's got a team and he's the owner of it. He doesn't even fully understand the whole thing, and he doesn't really get his fan base or his city that he's in. Yeah, and like you said, Chris, there are. Terrible- I mean, am I wrong about that? Like, what, no. do, you, what do you think? No, and I was going to go back just and I'll, and I'll lead up to it. But the first thing is, is like there are terrible owners in Major League Baseball. We're seeing it with Oakland. We saw the comments that were made, you know, by the Orioles who, you know, won over 100 games this year from their owner. And, and with Bob Nutting, I, I think it is just a lot of not being self-aware of exactly what is, 
he should be doing or what the responsibilities of a major league baseball owner are. I mean, he does great stuff like within the community, like his Pittsburgh charities uh, does, you know, wonders out here with like the food bank and the miracle league. And, and he's, he's good in that aspect, but I think that it's almost just like, he's like the guy that kind of wants to be cool and isn't cool and doesn't know like baseball, but just, kind of what he wants to give the reins to somebody that does maybe he but he's come not on exactly the show. sure who maybe, that is maybe we can add bob nutting to bucks in the basement bob <laughs> bob honestly i don't know you i don't you know i mean if that's the case why don't you come on and we'll teach you how to be cool come on and talk about the team with him i will be completely fair and i won't pick on him i won't i mean how am i gonna pick on him? the guy's a billionaire he's doing more with his life than i am i'm sitting in a basement talking on a podcast all right i mean like <laughs> Like he's the guy's got the 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 world by you know the cojones and he can do whatever he wants to go and do, you know. And if he doesn't get it, then come connect with the, the like the fan base. Come come jump on one of these shows, take some questions, you know. Start learning about your fan base. Like be proactive. Like no, nobody says you got to be Ebenezer Scrooge and hide inside of your house until the three ghosts visit you, and then you finally throw a couple of coins down to the kid and tell him to go get you the fat and turkey. Like I mean, you could actually be a billionaire and have time to interact with your fan base and have time to understand what it is that you have. Like, I mean, you're, you're still a human being. In fact, like that's actually said by Trevor may, he says it right at the end of his comments. He goes, you be a human being for crying out loud. I mean, if you or I ended up all of a sudden with a couple billion dollars, would you stop being around people? Would you stop listening to like sports radio? Would you stop? Would you stop having passion about things? Is that what happens? The life gets sucked out of you? So, I mean, I can't believe that that's the case with every billionaire out there, and I can't believe it's the case with every owner in Major League Baseball. You know? I think they just become so insulated. You, know, you, you, you go to the stadium. You have this big, giant thing, right? You have this big, giant thing that's like a palace that you go to where everybody in the place wants to move up within the organization. And this is every sports organization, but especially baseball or even football with these ginormous buildings that they have, right? And you, you're, that's your building. You got the best office in it. You got this incredible view. Everybody wants to be your buddy because they want to move up from being a low-level front office person to general manager one day. So everybody's kissing your butt. And you're so insulated. I can see how you can get lost in thinking you're actually doing a good job. Right? You have so many handlers. You can see how you can get lost. In, I mean, I, and I'm not excusing it. I'm really not. Okay? Because in the end... It's still his life, and you would think that you would. I wouldn't want to be that cut off from people, right? I'd want to be yeah. out there. I'd want to understand what was going on. But I think that's one of the problems with ownership across all sports, and especially Major League Baseball. I mean, south side of Chicago, Jerry Reinsdorf is like a recluse, and he and that team's in complete disarray, and it has been for decades. Like, that's, that's a real problem. And look at what happened in Miami. I mean, that's a new ownership group. Kim Ng is out. Look what they did to her. Here's, a, here's, a, here's the... First female general manager in baseball history gets out there for a couple of seasons, builds a team, gets them to the wild card. And that team has a lot ahead of it. She's got one year left on her contract, which is an option year. It's a mutual option. And they tell her they're picking it up, but they're going to give her a boss now. They're going to bring in somebody else to be president of baseball operations. They're not going to promote her for a job well done and let her have somebody underneath her, which you would see in most organizations, they're going to put somebody above her. And she did exactly what any strong person with a good head on their shoulders would do. She walked out the door and she said, no, I'm declining my option. Even though all the national media said 
that the Marlins parted ways with her. They didn't part <laughs> ways with her. They picked up the option, and she told them to go jump. She parted ways with them, and I guarantee you, like I know that you're talking about the Huntington thing because it's on your scroll here if you're watching the, the video. Uh, which I I don't know. Will the video have my mess up at the beginning? It probably will. You don't edit I, video, I, so that's good. Yeah, I can't. I don't know how to. I'm not smart enough. I mean, I, I probably uh, can figure it out. But. I may. I say a very choice word at the beginning. So if you ever want to hear me, you, if you ever want to see me really screw up the video on YouTube, go for it. Okay. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. On the scroll, you're talking about all Huntington may get a, a second chance. Neil Huntington is one of the names in Boston. I don't know how Kim Ng doesn't beat him out because that, that's somebody who's got a buzz the medi- immediately after she walked out of that organization. Yeah, and she, I mean, I hear her name in like different places, and I think uh, you hear her name in a lot of different places because people want her to come because she showed, you know, her chops and what she could do in a very short time with a, you know, Marlins organization, which was somewhat in disarray after, you know, what went on with Derek Jeter and everything. So she was, and she was a name. I mean, Chris, people can go back and listen to it. Then when we were talking about like the short list of people that we actually, wanted for the pirates job she was somebody who was on the very short list because i mean she's somebody that hadn't been given a chance within major league baseball but had shown the ability to you know run an organization to run a scouting department to, to do whatever she wanted within major league baseball so i wanted them to jump on that before she you know became in high demand and now she is in high demand i mean i saw something with the white Sox. you know people are saying you know should That's they bring happening. her in but that's, that's not definitely happening. not happening. But I'm she saying she was can... with them. She was with them in the early '90s as her first front office position, and hasn't been around that team for like 30 years. Yeah, like that is not that is. They, there's no connection there. That's just sloppy reporting, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it's and it's sloppy reporting, but it's also I like it goes to my point of people. I could see why people would would want her. I think that's more of what it's driven out of is people wanting her to come. But yeah, like you said, the whole Boston thing just makes almost like a little bit too much sense for her right now, which is a shame in my eyes, not for Kim Ang, but a, a shame for me as a Pirates fan who wants to see how Neil Huntington would do with a team with money. Because, you know, Ben Sherrington was there, so he had a team with money. I mean, won a World Series after becoming, you know, G- GM for not too long. But you got to see how he would operate with money. Now you're seeing how he would operate, you know, Ben Sherrington operates with a lot less money. I kind of want to see how Neil Huntington would 
would operate up there because him and Ben Sherrington are from a similar cloth. It's definitely not the same cloth. They're from the same area. They both are Ingtons, you know, Huntington, Sherrington's. But and they also really that's fr- your connection. No, they're, but they're Ingtons. They're Ingtons. But, but here's the thing: is, but they're also they're also friends. They're also they're friends. So, but they, do they have matching T-shirts that say "I'm with Ington"? Like, what maybe the- I don't know, but I'm just saying they're from that's the same area. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I know. I, I I had to go there, but it's so dumb. I mean, Charrington's better though, right? I mean, am I nuts to think? I mean, like he hasn't done anything yet, but what he's built. And the way that they've done so well in their pro scouting and how they've been able to kind of like get themselves to this precipice, unless they fall flat on their face over the next couple of years, I predict that it'll go down as he was the better GM with not a lot of money, right? So, I mean, I don't know what Huntington's going to do. Now, on the other hand, this Pirates franchise could fall on its face and then, you know, we'll all be angry in a couple of years. I don't believe it's going to happen, though. So I think what he built here is going to, in the long run, be better than what Neil Huntington was doing. Yeah, and that's where I think people get lost in in looking at history right now because they'll say, well, you know, Huntington did a better job than Sherrington. Well, he got the Pirates to the playoffs in like year six of of his rebuild or his, you know, whatever. And that was it. That was the precipice. That was it. This story hasn't been written yet. And I don't know, man. You look at you look at the talent. I I look at what they have right now as their core and their and what they have in terms of their prospects. And I honestly believe this is not only a playoff team next year, but this is a team that if the owner spends money, and I'm not saying a ridiculous amount, but just, you know, the right amount for what he needs to do at this point. And and, you know, gets a little bit more business savvy to be able to do it. Like, like this, this team could really go on a run of multiple postseason appearances and possibly get into a championship. Yeah, and I, I, there's no doubt about that. Um, anybody that hasn't read out there, Ethan Houlihan, who uh, I cite a decent amount with, like the the payroll and different stuff like that, just put out his his yearly article on how much the Pirates spent um, at the end of the season, and it was right around like seventy two million dollars. I. It, like we've talked about before, even if you just go up to a hundred million, I mean, that's 28 million more. If you went up to, you know, hopefully maybe we've talked about even like 30 million up, that's still not even like going into the top half of right. the spending teams in major he's league not baseball. Gonna be, he's not going to be a top half spending team, but he can still be a team that's effective. Like, I mean, look, he can, where, I don't know where the Rays rank, but I know the Rays are not at the bottom. Like, when they're winning, they actually spend a little bit of money, okay? I mean, I, I, there is no such thing as a team that sits in the bottom five and consistently makes it into the playoffs. And that, Like, you, he's got to eventually open it up. I get why you don't open it up in the bad years. Like, in a perfect world, what would happen is, and this is, this is a perfect world, is how, how it should be run in a front office like the Pirates. There is a balance sheet. There are investors. There is how this whole thing works. And at the end of the year, there is a budget for the next year. And the general manager is told you have a $100 million budget. And if he only spends 70, he gets $30 million put into a fund where the owner can earn a little bit of interest on it, right? But then that money's there when he needs to go over what his budget is. And he's able to save it during the rebuild to go and spend it later on. That's how it should work. 
I don't know if it does work that way, right? Like you get yeah. the impression that billionaires are very much like city councils or like our our government in this country, right? Like there is never a surplus that they don't spend immediately or they don't and they love being in debt. So you wonder whether or not there is ever that reserve money that's set off because because you know you always see this in rebuilds like they stop spending money. Well, we're going to stop spending money for a couple of years and we're going to get a bunch of prospects and then we're going to raise the payroll back up or we're ready to compete. Well, what happens to that money? You still expect people to walk in the gate. You're still making money off of your TV and radio deals. You're still making money off of your merchandise. It may not, may not be as much, but I guarantee you're not spending as much as you used to. Your profit margin is much bigger those years. So does that money eventually get back into the, the payroll of the team or does it go into the pockets of investors? And then our rebuilds essentially ways for investors to make more money and get rich off of the misery of fans who are sitting through a rebuild thinking at some point they're going to spend the money. So that's what I'm always watching at the end of rebuilds for any franchise in any sport. When they elevate things, do they actually dip in and and actually go a little bit further coming out of it to get themselves over the hump and make a deal because they had money in their reserves? Or Or did the owner go jump in the giant vault like Scrooge McDuck and swim in it until he spent it all? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing and and that's where like I mean even Pirates fans will go back to the fact that you know the MLB MLBPA has has brought up stuff about the Pirates during certain seasons and and had things where they're saying, you know, they're not spending enough money. We want to see, you know, the checkbooks and stuff like that. They want to see they want to see what we can't see. We can't see everything. We can see what the TV revenue comes in. We can see, you know, anything that's public, but we can't see exactly how the money is spent. I know a lot of the stuff, you know, within that, you know, can be spent on, you know, minor league facilities. It can be spent on development, which, you know, they should be spending on anyway. And and something that we've seen, you know, the Pirates put more money into since since Ben Charrington's been here. But it is very strange that, I mean, you don't know exactly how much money's there, but you have to know that there is there is some money there and there's gotta be money. There's gotta be money. You can't, you can't look at me and pull out your pockets. Like you're poor this off season in the next few years. When, when you, when you didn't spend a lot over the last couple while you were going through this build, you can't do that. And no fan is going to take it. Well, there will be, there's always those crazy diehards that like, that like, they'll just, they'll get smacked in the face every day by an organization and still love them and buy tickets. Right. Like there always will be that group, but I don't think, but you're going to have a pretty empty place. And, and like, you know, I don't, I just don't see that happening. I like, I go back to what I said about what my perception of Bob Nutting is. He may be oblivious to certain things. He may be out of touch. I just don't see him as an evil owner that's sitting up there plotting. Now he could be, he could be, I don't know the guy. I mean, you know, to become a billionaire, you either get really, really lucky in life or you're really, really cutthroat. let's be honest. Like you don't just go out that day. You don't go out at 20 years old, get a job and all of a sudden become a billionaire. Like there's, there's some moves you make. There are some people (laughs) laid, there are some people laid the waste along the way to be able to get to that amount of money. Right. So, I mean, like, I don't know if there is a billionaire out there with a heart because to get to, to get to that point, you did something right. Like it wasn't like you just walked in and be like, I'm going to take care of everybody and be the nicest guy possible. And here's a couple billion dollars. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. I think anybody who's a realist knows that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely not. And that's where like, I mean, this whole thing goes to is that you have to in turn, like hire the right people. 
I mean, obviously with, with Bob nutting before with his hiring, I, I actually, I don't mind anything that, that Huntington did. Um, I think that he had some shortcomings as far as, you know, player development, identification of talent, really um, was, screwed up Mitch Keller there with, at the end you know, of his time. And, yeah. and, with, and with some of his trades and different stuff, but he also did have some, some very, very good trades. I mean, we, we wouldn't have Brian Reynolds right now. We wouldn't have O'Neill Cruz in his system. If some of his people hadn't identified that uh, he, he did do, you know, a couple good drafts. I mean, you, you draft Garrett Cole, you draft Pedro Alvarez for, you know, for all of his shortcomings, you know, was a pretty big important part of the, the pirates becoming relevant again. Um, but then, you know, of course, went on a string of drafting like the Cole Tuckers of the world, the Will Craigs, the Kevin Newmans, different stuff like that. But he did get, you know, a Cabrian Hayes in there at some points in time. We we still have Quinn Priester, you know, from his stuff. But for me, like him hiring, like Frank Coonley was was the bigger mistake. And I think he realizes that now because he had somebody who was, you know, supposed to be like the, the business operations, but he was like the president of baseball operations. And, and, but he also was like overseeing the GM and was sometimes stepping on, you know, Huntington's toes. And and the first thing that he did when he hired, you know, Travis Williams and Ben Charrington this time said that you guys are going to be completely separate entities. It's not that, you know, Travis isn't going to know how much is going to be spent and he's not going to be part of, you know, the budget making process. But as far as the baseball decisions go, he's going to go, man, I'm a, I'm a business guy who right. was in hockey before. And here is, you know, Ben Sherrington, who's our baseball guy. I, we're going to leave the baseball decisions to him. If it comes down to any contracts, of course, all these extensions we talk about. That's the other part is Bob Nutting has stepped in with Brian Reynolds twice. He's extended, you know, Cabrian Hayes. He comes in in these types of situations and makes these decisions that are actually – you know, very tough decisions to make, but actually are good decisions for the team. He went out. Yeah, but after- he does that so he could save money. Let's be honest. That, which That's what you do. You yeah. sit back as the owner with the guy with the purse, yeah. and you let them get real close before you step in and save the day, right? Yeah. You don't step in before that because it'll cost you more money. That's, that's a tactic is what that is. Yeah, it definitely is. But then he's also the one – I mean, he wanted to to not trade Andrew McCutcheon the first time. I mean, he he was really having a hard time with that. And that's why he's the one that when, you know, he kept in contact with Andrew, they were still – you know, I'm not saying like best friends or anything, but still texted pen back pals. and forth. They were pen yeah. pals? Yeah. yeah. Dear Andrew, <laughs> dear Kutch, how are you? <laughs> I'm you, fine. I went be- swimming in the vat of money today. <laughs> I would like to give you some of the vat of money. Will you come back for some money from the vat? Yeah. We can go swimming in it together. <laughs> Your pal, Bob. But here's the thing is, I mean, he, uh, for as much, that's why I think that there's still some hope. And where you say, I don't think he's a bad, uh, I don't know if it's a bad, he's, he's a bad owner. He's been a bad owner at times, but I don't yeah. think, but I think he's very oblivious to how bad of an owner he is because right. he does these certain things that it, it, they are good baseball decisions. And they actually, I mean, they end up saving him money, but then it's, he's also happened to give out money as well. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I listen, keep- there are owners, there are owners that are bad, but there are different levels of bad, right? Okay. The guy in Baltimore bad owner angelos oh my gosh like the way that they talk to their fans just a terrible owner right uh jerry reinsdorf with the white Sox, insulated a little bit but still a guy that public or didn't publicly he told david sampson 
that he always aims to be in second place because that's the carrot that you hold out in front of people, that's a bad owner. That's, that's a guy who's messing with his fan base, right? The guy out in Oakland, bad owner, right? Bob Nunning, bad, but is he bad because he just doesn't get it? And, that's, and, and I'm trying not to give an excuse. I'm just saying there's different levels of evil, right? Like on the evil meter, he's not, he's not like all the way down evil. You know, he's a little bit, he's further back here. Like he's in like a green or yellow setting on his evil meter. On his evil billionaire meter, he's back down here, right? He hasn't gotten all the way up here yet. That, that's where I put him. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for the guy because if you've ever seen him dress, he wears like the white old dad sneakers and like the pleated khakis. Right, so that's why I, when I cool. went, right, no, when I look at him, I think this is just a, this is just a guy that doesn't get it, man. He just doesn't understand. They change, they say